0: hello there my name is uriel who am i to the world i am nobody but i am a catholic and i believe you know just like you i am a child of god duly loved and known you know i've been planning this podcast for a while now and now that we're here i am feeling a little bit jittery so i would like to ask for your prayers i will need them now it is my hope God will allow such a poor soul, such a little soul sinner like me, just to be able to be a blessing to you today. And what is today? Today is November 1st, 2022. It is All Saints Day. It's a solemnity of the Roman Catholic Church. It is a day of obligation, and it is a celebration. What exactly are we celebrating? The day is dedicated to To the saints of the church, you know, just, you know, just all those who have attained heaven, all those who have gone to heaven, no biggie, right? But what is a saint? The Oxford Dictionary says, a saint is a person acknowledged as holy or virtuous and regarded in Christian faith as being in heaven after death. But what do we actually believe about the saints as Catholics? Well, Quoting from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the CCC, um, it is not merely by the title of example that we cherish the memory of those in heaven. We seek rather that by this devotion to the exercise of fraternal charity, the union of the whole church in the spirit may be strengthened exactly as Christian communion among our fellow pilgrims brings us closer to Christ. So our communion with the saints joins us to Christ from whom, as from his fountain and head, issues all grace and the life of the people of God itself. You know, unsurprisingly, that's a lot to unpack, right? You know, in short, we cherish the memory of those in heaven, the saints, not only that we may follow their footsteps in following Christ, it's something we should do, but also because we are actually one with them in love. We are united by Jesus Christ. And as we seek to love them, as we allow them to love us and pray for us, they actually draw us closer to Jesus. It has been my experience in life so often that it is my family and friends here on this world that draw me closer to Him in love. But the truth is that in a very similar way, the saints, they also do this for us from heaven. We are the holy church here on earth. And when we die, there are three places we can go, right? There is hell, which is for those who have completely rejected our Lord. Then there is purgatory, which is for those who have put their trust in the Lord, but still need to go through some more purification. Maybe they have not fully surrendered to Him, to surrendered to His mercy. It's important to note that at our point of death, our ultimate de- destination is already decided. It's either heaven or hell. Purgatory is not a middle ground. It's, it's, it's not a maybe. It's not a maybe from God. It is, it's simply not yet. It means heaven, but not yet. And the soul in purgatory ultimately is just waiting to go to heaven. It's, the soul in purgatory is allowing itself to be purified by God. Before he goes to heaven. Because in, in heaven, everything is good. And everything is perfect. And that's the final destination. Heaven. That's where the saints are. And you know, honestly, heaven is just to be in God's presence, right? Amen. So, actually, we call ourselves here on earth the militant church or the pilgrim church. We, we still struggle here on earth as his soldiers, as his children. We fight for his cause. And we fight in his hope. Those in purgatory, we call the penitent church or the suffering church or the expectant church. And they are the ones who are still allowing themselves to be prepared and purified for the day that they can experience God in heaven in its fullness. Those in heaven, we call the triumphant church. This is our destiny. They have fought the good fight. They may have lived holy lives or even scandalously sinful ones, but they have surrendered their hearts and souls fully to the Lord's mercy. And now, now they spend eternity worshiping the Lord and experiencing His full joy and His full glory. In the Nicene Creed, we say, we believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. And in the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy, catholic church, and the communion of saints. Now, When we say the Nicene Creed, we affirm that we believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. So the church militant, penitent, and triumphant, the church in on, in heaven, in purgatory, and here on earth, We are actually one church united in Christ. We are made one because of his love and his unity. So we pray for each other and we love one another. This is the communion of saints that we talk about in the Apostolic Creed. So we allow ourselves to be loved by one another. We allow ourselves to be loved by the church, by the full church, and ultimately by God, right? We ask our friends and family to pray for us, right? So we ask the saints to pray for us as well. And they'll ultimately always lead us back to God. The word saint originates from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy. The word saint means first and foremost to be holy. Throughout the New Testament, we see many instances of the Church of God being referred to as his holy people or what do you have it Saints No, just to get really personal right now to be to be very honest for the longest time my desire is honestly just been to be a saint I liken it to the desire of a child who hears great stories you know growing up I heard stories of knights saving princesses from dragons or I played these video games where I'm just this hero who saves people. It's like the desire of a child who hears stories of these great heroes. And this child will go to their parents and say, Ma, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be a hero. And in a similar way, my prayer to God, our Father in Heaven, for a long time has been, Lord, Father, I want to be a saint. And so, you know, acting in this, often I would tell the Lord, I'd tell my friends, of all these great things I wish to do in my life. I'll tell the Lord how eager I am to serve him. But honestly, guys, when when push came to shove, I denied him. In fact, it's really funny that I denied him three times in three years. I denied him in major ways. Once, in wanting to end my life. Once, in leaving the church and even hating him. And another, in denying my faith and allowing myself to live a double life, an excessively sinful life for a year. And, you know, having, each time having come to my senses, I, and even now, I have become hesitant to tell the Lord I want to be a saint. I've become afraid to be honest with him and tell him that I want to be a saint. You know, very recently, I was reminded of St. Peter when I was reading a book. St. Peter, among the apostles, you know, he was our first pope, right? But among the apostles, he was always the most excited, most, I guess, extra of them. He was the one that defended Christ when at, at the garden. He was the one that cut off some servant's ear. You know, when Jesus washed his feet, he was the one that spoke out and said, you shall never wash my feet. As Jesus was his master, he saw such a thing to be beneath Jesus. Then when Jesus said, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Peter said, Not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. He was always going above and beyond. Or at least wanting to. Peter was the one who said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you as we see Peter was always very keen to overpromise to the Lord and it reminds me of myself so much he was very showy in his faith but you know he came from a good place he came from a good he had good desires just like I did he really did want to follow Jesus but when push came to shove when it came time for Jesus trial Jesus Denied, uh, I mean, sorry, Peter denied Jesus three times. In a very similar way, I denied Jesus three times. And so after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus asks Peter, Do you love me? The word he uses for love here is agape, self giving love. Now Peter is saddened and he says, Jesus, you know everything. You know I love you. But the word that Peter uses here is not agape, but he uses philia, which is the love of friendship. Now, this this is a Peter who has been thoroughly humbled. He remembers the days when he was so excited, and he, he remembers the days where he was so brash and over-promising to, to, to the Lord, and, and ultimately fell short. This is a Peter who has become hesitant to tell the Lord, I love you. He knows he's fallen short. He can't do this agape thing. He, all he can offer is philia. This is me He's afraid of failing God once again. This is me who finally realizes not only how difficult the road is, but how terribly inadequate I am to walk it and so Jesus asks Jesus asks him one more time and Peter repeats the same answer finally Jesus asks him Peter do you love me and this time he uses the word philia and now Peter is finally able to say very honestly yes lord you know i love you and he uses philia you know Jesus came and met saint peter right where he was. And we know by tradition that eventually Peter was actually martyred for Jesus. He did the very thing that he was very sure that he was no longer able to do. We know that he finally had an agape for Jesus. And because Jesus met him where he was, he was able to eventually transform and offer him that agape that Jesus was looking for. No, because of this, with this, I was able to once again tell God, Lord, you know, I want to be a saint. But will you be gentle with me? (laughs) Will you come and meet me where I am right now? Will you change me slowly? I'm easily scared. Do not scare me away, but lead me tenderly in your love. You know, Jesus... I trust in you. <sighs> you know, my friends, as, as we delve into the life of Jesus, we see how much difficulty he experienced and how strong he was, how strong he had to be to carry that cross. Yeah, this can honestly be scary as we hear that we're called to follow his footsteps. And At the same time, as we delve into the lives of the saints, we see how amazing they were as well. We see how they do these great things for the Lord. Or had this great love for the Lord. But it's also important for us to remember where the saints that the saints are also sinners. They started as sinners and they became saints. No, they're not separate. A saint most saints, all saints are sinners. We all need God's mercy. You know, know this. I used to believe that the saints were people who loved God greatly. And don't get me wrong, they did. But the saints were more importantly, people that God loved greatly. And, th- and let me tell you what, that that that's us. God loves us greatly. But they are people who have allowed God to love them. Who have allowed God to love them. And, and, and you know what? We have to allow God to love us because His love... His love will transform us. You know, can can I invite you guys to pray with me? All right, Lord, we live in a culture today that is so broken and it's hurting. But help us to recognize that this is not a new problem. You have always raised up new generations of saints to fight for you, to fight in love for you. And for your beloved children here on earth. And your love has always been present and it's always been so powerful. We pray for your love to transform us into your saints. And we pray in expectant hope for this generation that you, O oh Lord, are raising up today. We ask for the intercession and the prayers of all the saints in heaven. Today especially, Saint Joseph, Saint Therese of Le Shaw we ask for our Blessed Mother Mary to pray for us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And we always give you, Lord, we always give you back the glory for everything that we do, for everything that is done. As we pray, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.